0: high-scoring match week led to even more changes of manager in the Premier League, even as we try to get used to Gerard Avila and Dean Smith at Norwich. But Justin, another manager's firing is dominating the headlines. I know we'll get to it. It's over the top, match week 12. I'm Kyle and I've got Justin here. How you doing, man?
1: Good. I just ate my ramen. Oof.
0: Oof. It feels it's good? Been,
1: it's been, I mean, it's been cooking for three years. It's about time.
0: <laughs> it literally has been three years.
1: I mean, we've been talking about it eating like for two and a half years. To be fair, it hasn't been for the full three. But yes,
0: those noodles are soggy.
1: Could you imagine, like, how much money would you have to be paid a ramen packet that's been sitting in water, the noodles, for two and a half years? How long? How much money would you have to get paid to eat some of those noodles?
0: Mm, that's a great question. I it's mean, not a you'd... question that I've ever had to think about.
1: Right, but, I mean, there's also the possibility of death, right? Like, what are the sanitary conditions, right? Like, the water is it infested with bacteria because if it's been sitting out for two and a half years it's probably an issue, this, right?
0: This sounds relevant to the state of Manchester United as a club. This issue has been, we've been saying, we're not just only being United haters. Like, this has been an issue and kind of weird and kind of like a pity hire all along. I don't know, man. Well done. Touche. I see what you did there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about the game first and what led to the decision. And then we'll get into all of it and our reactions and all that. So Manchester United, the club that you mentioned, uh, they traveled to the great Watford football club. And you know, Watford, as we've said, they're a manager merry-go-round themselves. And they have a new manager, Claudio Ranieri. We've talked about him a couple of times on the show. He famously was in charge of Leicester in their 2015-16 championship run. It bounced around a few places since then, but yeah, Watford was now. At, was that
0: Chelsea way back when? I think right. just before Jose.
1: Mm-hmm. And he's had, I think, five games in charge now, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Pretty up and, and down. One, his first one blowout loss to Liverpool. He He's uncharged for like two days, though. So like, no, there's no managerial tactics that you can instill in the team. Had a blowout win against Everton. Lost close games against Southampton and Arsenal. Well, Arsenal wasn't that close. They kind of got dominated. But Kyle, they won four to one at home against Manchester United. And you may think this might be like an Arsenal game, like, oh, maybe they got a couple of lucky goals maybe at the end, which they did get a couple goals at the end, to be fair. But they outperformed United in XG. They had dangerous shots and way more attacking threat in the beginning of this game. And they generated... uh, They forced United to make mistakes. And you saw that again and again and again, especially with United's backline and their captain. So... Lots to unpack here. Um, I I mean, Watford, I mean, the fact that I have to say, and tell me if you disagree, but I thought, especially in the first half, I mean, obviously United got the red card, but Watford kind of dominated that opening part of this game.
0: I mean, you alluded a little bit to the stats, at least in terms of XG. and So it it, it has inspired me to look at the stats here. And the one thing I'll give United, 62% possession. Okay. So they dominated the ball, at least in terms of possession. But Wofford FC had 20 shots 20, 20, 2 0. Um, seven on target, which to me tells me that they need to work on their shooting practice. But the fact that they still scored four, uh, I think two of which were pretty much like, um, well, I mean, they weren't were walk ins. The, 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 the late game. ones. Yeah. yeah the yeah, late yeah. ones were pretty wide open. But, you know, then again, 10 men. So I'll give United a little bit of slack on that one but watching this game from start to finish it really felt like manchester united were in this game for about 15 20 minutes in the second half at the beginning and that's about it other than that this could have been much worse mind you on like 15 20 minutes Ismail Sarr misses two penalties two, two. I mean, he he had one saved, they scored the rebound, but someone was encroaching on the on the box, so they had to retake it. David De Gea, you know, it has probably been the shining light along with Cristiano Ronaldo this season. So I got to, you know, the revival of De Gea is on, and they are still just this bad. It's just, it wasn't just a scoreline, it was the manner of this defeat that made everyone sort of look around to a certain someone who will talk about and think. God, this can't. <laughs> this is surely this has got to be this rather camel's back. It's got to be.
1: We've talked a couple times about this next player, Donnie Van and how he a couple a few games ago he was mad. He was like pout, not pouting. He was really upset for not being subbed onto the field and threw his gum at the turf. Um, can't get in the team. All sorts of rumors that he was going. He wanted to leave in January and etc. Comes on at halftime in this game and scores a goal five minutes after coming onto the game. And I, and I don't think he had a fantastic performance in the second half by any stretch, but scored a goal in five minutes. Is it beg the question of maybe he should see more f- field time, especially when you have players like Fred, McTominay, and Matic in front of him? Like, maybe he should see more? I don't know. What do I know, though,
0: Kyle? Maybe. Just just a, just a random hunch that we have. Uh you say it, what he wasn't fantastic in that second half, but honestly, in terms of all the outfield players, I feel like he was the one offering something, anything, a- anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, not to say Ronaldo was terrible, but you know, when your team is so bad and you're this kind of striker that he is, you know, he relies on service, so he wasn't really in the game. So I'm not going to fault Ronaldo for that. It's just
1: crazy that that sentence exists when you're playing Watford. <laughs> yeah. Your team is so bad. They're Truly, playing Watford. The the uh, what
0: I can't what I will say about you're talking about the midfield and Van de Beek needing some minutes. To me, what stood out the most, and I was watch I was I'm down here with my mom and in, in stepdad's place, and we were watching Musa Sissoko, former Tottenham player, yes, now captain of Wafford, who cannot pass a ball for his life, but is, you know, physical, has an engine. Musa Sissoko dominated this midfield, and to me. Yeah. That says everything you need to know about what Manchester United looked like, played like in this game. The tactics or lack thereof. I mean, it was just top to bottom. Um, in 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 some ways, this was worse than getting absolutely waxed by Liverpool five 0 because some of those Liverpool goals were fantastic and it was a great performance. But this, yeah, though, and
1: it's against a much better team too, right? I mean, a team that Liverpool Liverpool's done that to many teams including Arsenal, which we'll get to in a second. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then Harry Maguire alluded to it, but like he, he's been bad. Not just, like, you know, returning from injury. He's been straight up bad a lot of the season and
0: and can we talk about the lead up to this game as well with harry Maguire? because yes please talk
1: about the international break uh oh my
0: goodness like this i don't know why this bugged me so much and i really should have just laughed more than anything else but harry Maguire has been terrible all season i think he's had now multiple red cards i believe he he at least has two he might even i think he has two
1: i think he has at least two yeah
0: i'm like does he have a third maybe not but Anyway, he's had a really, really poor season. He's led this team terribly while he's on England duty, playing Albania. The game is 5-0, and he scores. I think it was 5-0. Anyway, the game was already done. He scores a goal to make it 6-0 or whatever, and thinks, you know what? This would be a good opportunity as a center back, and I just scored a goal, to cup the ears to the haters. And he was absolutely destroyed by all the Manchester United pundits. And rightly so, because this is ridiculous as a center back. Great. You scored a goal. Who cares? David Luiz scored goals too. You know what I mean? And um, what does he do back in a Manchester United shirt? I mean, the first yellow card maybe is a little bit harsh on a breakaway pulled uh, whoever's Jersey. I think it might've been Josh King Um, right outside the box too. Also not smart, but the second yellow card, I'm just like, I'm lost for words at that miscontrol and then just absolutely taking out the, the striker. I mean, it was the most obvious yellow card you'll ever see and seeing Ollie gunner Solskjaer, like high five him after he's going off. I'm just like, dude, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? I would not even look at the guy, honestly. So Harry Maguire, what a legend take a bow, son. That's, this is pretty impressive and hard to do.
1: So they end up losing four to one couple things happen after this game number one all the united players go to the fans and clap the fans and etc fans start booing ollie right they're booing him saying and he's like putting up his hands like uh almost like in a like a wave, like the wave at a game where he puts it up and <laughs> yeah. he's like saying he's i'm sorry i'm sorry like he's apologizing for the performance Bruno Fernandez comes over and defends Ollie and says it's not on him. It's on us as the players. Like circ- He doesn't say those words, but he's obviously, you know, circulating, uh, circling the players saying it's on us, not on the manager, et cetera. He's obviously very frustrated by the performance and what's been going on. Second thing that happens after the game, David De Gea comes out and says, you know, it's very frustrating where we're at. It's like our defense. We don't know where to be, when to be at places, you know, basically saying they're discombobulated all over the field, which is obvious, right? I mean, it's not, this is not new, I don't think, but it's new that they're losing games in this fashion and against Watford and the inconsistencies and et cetera. And it led to this, this moment.
0: Yes. Yeah. That, that, the, there were a few things that made me realize because when this game was going on, I was like, surely Ollie will live to see another day because now Conte is off the market. And I don't, we'll get to United's plan
1: plan when you fire a manager, right?
0: Yeah. Well, we'll get to their plan, but, uh, I don't, I didn't see any option once Spurs somehow managed to convince Conte to go to North London. But, uh, I was thinking that Ollie would survive this, but seeing Bruno Fernandez do that after the game, when I was just thinking, dude, like you should defend the manager when the game is actually going on rather than like trying to do this PR cent thing. I thought that was kind of weird. And then the De Gea interview for sure saying, we don't know where to be defensively, but he also said verbatim, we don't know what to do with the ball. And for me, I think he was actually being pretty clever. And I think this was uh, not so veiled dig at ollie gunner solskjaer Uh, he can be a club legend this and that but this is almost like a pity hire to begin with and it's just they were i cannot believe a club like manchester united was so nice to him i know he's a legend former player but yes no other club operates like this though chelsea were ruthless with lampard
1: oh yeah see you later out the door um yeah so they they let the i think the technical terming was like mutual parting of the ways which is bs i mean they forced on i mean ollie's gone right they gave him an exit interview and but which we've, is we've also bizarre <laughs> we've craft on ollie all the time like it has nothing to do with his effort or his love for the club we're not we're not saying any of those two things we just think he's a little above his head and with this role you know an unproven manager where was he sweden um mm-hmm. norway sweden I or think Norway. it was Norway, right? Moldy. It was
0: MOLDA, wherever yeah, that I is. Think I th- yeah, is yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's Someone's what? Notes,
1: but I mean, regardless. I mean, Scandinavian league. There we go. Uh, he, he he got was,
0: relegated with Cardiff. How about that? Yeah. You know, like ten years he, ago. That's his my, Premier my League my experience.
1: Club Cardiff, as you know. Yeah. So. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I, uh, it's incoming. But the the funny thing is, so you know, all he's out. We've he probably should have been out two years ago probably should have never been made a full-time manager to begin with yeah. when he was. Let's be interim. honest.
0: Even though I feel kind of bad for him. I, know, I do on some bit. level.
1: Yeah, yeah, a little bit. He's he's clearly not a bad guy, right? Like no. there's no question or even that, you know, we don't want to get into that, but Nertsch United sacks Oli. Michael Carrick is put in interim manager. Yeah, I remember him? Their whole coaching, eh, yeah, he's a solid player. Their whole coaching staff is intact. The ones that were helping Ollie devise game plans, the ones that were coming up with tactics, in-game substitutions, adjustments, etc. It's all the same staff. And yes, we're recording this on a Tuesday night where they'd won away at Villarreal in the Champions League, which we're not going to talk about, but they did win today with Michael Carrick in charge, Cristiano Ronaldo saving the day once again. But I just don't know what's going to change and what what their plan is going forward like there's been no hire there's been no announcement like even with tottenham you know i love to shit on tottenham all the time Mm -hmm. mainly one because you're the fan and you're on the podcast but you know it's fun for me
0: it's also easy pickings
1: it's harsh beyond harsh to sack a manager after 10 games but they clearly had a plan if they were going to do that they had someone in you know, the best manager, a better manager to come in and replace Nuno, regardless of Nuno's, per- I mean, obviously Nuno's performance made it easy, but anytime you have Antonio Conte agreeing to become your manager, you just, you cut the cord, no matter if Nuno got blown out or if it was a close game. So, I don't know what the plan is. There's a bunch of targets that were rumored, we'll get to it in a second, but, like, what's your take on I... Holy out? They They cut him, there's no plan. They have the same managers that got them into this mess. What, what's your take?
0: I, I, I mean, God. Long story short, I'm, I'm both baffled but not surprised that they don't have a plan. Clearly, they don't have a plan, which blows my mind because literally everyone who's not a Manchester United fan wanted Ollie to stay. Because as a competitor, we want to see United to continue tanking and they have so much talent I literally thought he was holding them back you know I'm not to just shit on Ollie that's just kind of the truth yeah when and the only argument that was being had was among United supporters United pundits you know former players and I swear all the English pundits are all United fans or something you just you just get this sort of sense I mean they're they're like the they're like the Cowboys, you know, like America's team, you know, they're they're England's club. You know what I mean? Um, Since this has been going on for so long, I'm just baffled that there isn't a plan because someone else would have been hired now. Um, I don't know actually why they pulled the trigger so quickly. If everyone that they're interested in is in a job, literally everyone except for, you know, I'll just say one name right now, Zenadine Sedan. I don't think he'll ever manage in the Premier League. I don't think he really cares for England or the Premier League culture or anything. But I'm just... This this club, in terms of footballing decisions, is ran so poorly. And it just... It never ceases to amaze me because I thought that after all this time, two years of opportunities to devise plans, that they would at least have something up their sleeve. But that just isn't the case. So where do they go? I'm just... I, I feel like media reports are kind of throwing what's the phrase throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping it sticks or whatever. Sure. You know, we've seen Zidane was the initial favorite from the ownership group. I think the Glazers, uh, the, the name that is really popular with everyone is Mauricio Pochettino, uh, which man, that would be painful to see, but I could see it as a, as a Spurs fan. I don't want to see it, but
1: employed right now.
0: Yeah, for a club that he, I believe, he used to captain. Either way, he played for Paris Saint Germain forever, and they have a few little players named, you know, like Messi, Neymar, and and Mbappe. You
1: know, no big deal. Oh, just a right? couple of those guys. Yeah, just 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 a couple. You know, Di Maria to boot as well. Be kind of um, funny to leave Messi for Ronaldo. Just as a side
0: note, <laughs> and like not win trophies <laughs> with either. Actually, he's won trophies with PSG. It's unfair. I mean, he'll. Win um, I mean, you have to. You have Come to. On. Um, but, you know, a lot of the English sports media is saying uh, Pochettino wants to go. He's interested in this and that. I actually am not sure how true that is because people forgetting he used to play for PSG. That's who I remember him being center back for. Uh, Eric Ten Hag from Ajax. I think that'd be a great hire. Again, though, Ajax is a great club to be at. United's kind of a mess, especially the structure. And someone who comes from the Ajax system, you probably want a good structure there in place. So. But I still think it would be a great hire. And then, uh-oh, should I turn it over to you for the next name?
1: Yeah. Let's talk about it. Brendan Rogers, current Leicester City manager. Leicester, and we won't talk about them a ton this episode, but we probably will in the the coming ones. They've struggled. They've struggled this season. I mean, I think they're in 11th 13th or 12th, place, maybe 12th? 13th. Yeah, yeah, something like that. They got waxed again. And so, do you? Is the you know, do you manage? unarguably one of the biggest clubs in the world do you make the jump from a leicester city which is a good club to a great club at the, in manchester united right do you make that big six jump and have the budget and have the players and you know can mm-hmm. get anybody you want essentially and be a top tier manager this would be your time to do it if he wants to do that and so yeah
0: and fear the wrath uh, but also fear the wrath of uh liverpool supporters who he managed about 10 years ago but i don't think that probably there, registers but, on his brain you know, as much. like
1: they have jurgen klopp i mean what are we doing right right who cares i mean i thought it was ridiculous for everton fans to bitch about benitez and i'm not the hugest the biggest benitez fan but like why are you you know stupid uh other names thrown out there. Uh Luis Enrique, who's the current Spain national team manager, he's already come out and said that's not happening, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I think he wants to manage the team through at least the World Cup because Spain mm-hmm. looked good recently. So World
0: Cup is coming up. It's a year away.
1: One year away as of like what, yesterday or two days ago or something? It's weird to so, think about. Yeah. Yeah, I know. All these all the next season's gonna be weird, by the mm-hmm. way. With the break. It's uh it's going to be weird. It's going to be like two seasons. And then lastly, Ernesto Valverde, former Barcelona manager. I don't know. Where's he? Has he managed anywhere since?
0: No, he hasn't. I, I've just known him at Bilbao before where he did great things and then moved on to Barcelona as like the first pragmatic Barca manager and uh, mixed success. I don't think they were terrible though. But um, yeah, I, I, again, I think that'd be a good hire. I don't know how much he knows English, how much that even matters, but. There aren't those are so, some decent options though. Decent.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't like, you know, we could argue the the realism of Pochettino coming over, but if they were to get Pochettino, I think that'd be a decent hire for sure. I yeah. think Tan Hog is one of my favorites on this list. I think he's an up and coming and shown to be a really bright manager and can do more with less. And not that Ajax has less cuz they have really good talent, but he's done a lot with that team.
0: Mhm.
1: Brendan Rodgers, I mean, obviously, similar story with with Lester, and, you know, he's turned that club around. Can he do the same thing with another, quote-unquote, reconstruction project that is Manchester United? But, yeah, I mean, there's, there's decent names. There's not it's, like, oh, man, there's some terrible names on this list. No. Like, they're going to go hire, I don't know, insert terrible name. Frank Sam
0: Allardyce Landmark. or something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Allardyce, no, that's, that's right. insulting. What What's interesting, though, is a lot of these managers – list bar Zidane are project managers and are United ready for a project man. I mean they just signed Cristiano Ronaldo. They have outrageous talent. I would argue they're ready for the now but none of these are winning now managers so I'll be really curious to see which direction it goes and it's going to be an interesting story that I think will bubble on for the next couple of weeks maybe even more because it doesn't look like they're close to hiring anyone. Fabrizio Romano, the the greatest uh he hasn't really had any updates on united like nothing of of substance
1: i mean that says they're gonna go the interim route and you know you were talking to me pre-show about this is like ole was named an interim manager and then he was confirmed full-time later michael carrick is named an interim manager what if he just starts to do well while they're searching for a manager they have they go on a run of form and they win a couple games. Do they you know say hey you know we'll look after the season? Michael, you keep doing what you're doing, good old boy, and get us some results. <laughs> old spore,
0: deja, deja vu, right?
1: Uh, I mean the next three for United are Chelsea, Arsenal, Crystal Palace. So oh God, <laughs> so probably not. Oh yeah, oh not that Arsenal are these big bad beasts, you know, but Chelsea are.
0: Brutal. Speaking of Arsenal, yikes!
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. To go from one train wreck to another. I mean, Arsenal went to to Liverpool and absolutely got their head smashed in and curb stomped four to nil. And you know, I heard from a couple people this weekend and various group chats that I'm in, and I'm sure you've heard the same. That Arsenal were looking better. You're on the up and up, et cetera, et cetera. I didn't think this game was that close, to be honest. Yes, the first half wasn't a disaster, but the second half was. And unfortunately, football is two halves. And you have to come out and play and show that you have, you have a plan, you can counter, you're deadly, you're set up with a shape, and et cetera. And you have the players to perform in spots and know their assignments, and et cetera. And you have to be mistake-free, obviously, as, a, as, a, you know, as an unfavored team as an underdog. Arsenal did none of those things, really. I mean, they showed a couple counterattacks mainly in the first half, but the second half they were thoroughly dominated. I think on the game they had like 20 shots against them. They had less than they had like a third of the possession. Salah and Alexander Arnold dominated the left hand side or the right hand side. Mane dominated the left hand side. Tamiyasu and Taveras were dreadful in this game. Taveras obviously the awful mistake. I mean, what do you think? I mean, I, I, I looked at it and watched this game, and Liverpool and Arsenal are on different planets right now, which isn't a surprise. Yeah. It's just they're just not close.
0: No, you're right. They're on different universes. And and to me, it was kind of like a little bit more of normal service has returned for Arsenal. Not to say, like, I expect them to get waxed every every week. It's just more like people are starting to get a little carried away, I think, with 10 wins in a row. You know, Arsenal's back, maybe. You know, Arteta is definitely not out, this and that. Um, although I don't think, I think, you know, Arteta did get rid of the pressure that was on him for a while there. But um, if it wasn't for Aaron Ramsdale, this would have been much, much worse. Aaron Ramsdale was one of the players of the match. Honestly, he made some outrageous saves, at least like t- two or three. Um, this game could have been a lot worse. Um, the young Gooners had a nightmare. You mentioned Tavares. I thought, uh, La also was very poor. I mean, look, they're like 18 and 19 or whatever. So it happens. This is always bound to happen when you have young, inexperienced players, you'll get that inconsistency. Um, but I, I think maybe I won't look at it as harshly as you're looking about, you know, at it through this lens, because for me, it was a combination of, That second half was dreadful. And I also thought that first half, they made a pretty good account of themselves and, you know, conceded to a set piece. Uh, I think, you know, Ramsdale had another good save. Mm. Um, But I also think Liverpool were fantastic in this game as well. So I do think there's a little element of, you know, other teams will get waxed by Liverpool. And they were just so, so deadly on the counter. That third goal was just like a knife through butter on the counter attack. Um, So. I guess I'll give Arsenal a little bit of a pass on that front. But if you look back at their last 10 wins, the three notable wins that they've had against uh, Spurs, Villa, and um, Leicester. Yeah. Uh, Spurs, absolutely horrible. Nuno sacked not long after. Dean Smith sacked not that long after. Uh, Leicester, I'm still surprised at their form as well. So I don't think they were as impressive as they initially seemed. So. But I'll give him a little bit of a pass because, I mean, what a reaction after that West Ham loss for Liverpool. I mean, it wasn't just on the counter, though. They dominated, and it should have been way more than four. I mean, 19 shots, nine on target, 63% possession, twice as many passes just about as, as Arsenal. I mean, those stats tell, tell the whole story.
1: Totally. And the one thing to your point is that Arsenal has lost four games this season in all competitions three of them are against Chelsea, Manchester City and Liverpool. Right? I mean,
0: mm-hmm. it'll happen.
1: So I mean, they were waxed in all three games. But, so it doesn't look good, but the results like if you told me they would lose to those three teams, I'd probably be like, yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah. I mean, yep. Not surprising. So Better days ahead for Arsenal. It just shows the gap. And it's not unique it's not mm-hmm. unique to an Arsenal problem. Other teams have the same gap as well. But there's a gigantic gulf between Arsenal and the top three teams.
0: Especially in terms of talent as well. I think where where I'm at with Arsenal is I was starting to think maybe they could challenge for the top four with United being so poor, but I think I need to see a little bit more of Arsenal to judge that properly. Because I don't think it's, you know, out of their reach totally, but I don't I need to see you their need next to see
1: a lot more than what you've seen through the first 12 weeks for
0: sure right exactly like I need that to see them put some good performances against some top teams even if like they lose against um I don't know like a
1: Newcastle <laughs> next week <laughs> yeah,
0: well, well there you go but if say they lose to an inform uh god I don't know um West Ham I'll still be like okay like if they play well you know I think it's still within reach so I think We'll see more about Arsenal, but Liverpool, City, Chelsea, they're so clearly head and shoulders above everyone else. It's its not even funny, even though the table doesn't really show that yet.
1: Let's get to rapid fire and go through some of these other results before we call it a day. And you just mentioned Chelsea and, you know, blowout after blowout, and they continued to do this, but they went to the King Power at Leicester and absolutely destroyed Leicester City. This game was not close either. Not and at all. This is without... Their best player, Ramela Lukaku, on the field, and they can still continue to churn out results uh, and wins and et cetera. And it's just, it's very impressive, honestly. And on the flip side, Leicester, there's a lot to be worried about. Obviously, losing to Chelsea is not, you know, a concern in a vacuum, but it's the way they've lost to Chelsea and the way they've, you know, failed to pick up results in other games that has to have you questioning what's going on at Leicester.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, for Chelsea, uh, no losses since they lost to City in that close game on on September 25th, I think it was. Um, absolutely cruising in the league. Uh, I think they're about three or four points ahead of um, City and Liverpool, who are also rolling. Um, I think all three of these teams will have the odd blip here or there, but Chelsea are just a machine. And to see N'Golo Conte, you know that that goal, that absolute rip um, with his left foot you know at the king power in front of his old fans i mean you just gotta love this guy uh but chelsea what i noticed about them is they find different ways to win you know what i mean like every game looks a little bit different and that's what impresses me the most but what i'd love to get your take on what well, your your opinion on is on lester am i being am i being too reactive or getting ahead of myself by starting to wonder if Leicester kind of feel like they're at the end of a cycle. I'm really starting to worry that that might be the case. I hope it's not true because it's a great club to watch, honestly. They're so likable, but man, it's, I know it's just 12 games, but it's not looking great. And it's not just that Fofana is out and their defense looks poor. It's like top to bottom. I don't know, man.
1: It's a heavy question. I'd say yes and no, right? They still have quality, quality players and a bunch of young players as well. But you have to say Vardy's almost 35. He's about, to, he's going to turn 35 soon in a month to two months, right? Uh, Kasper, Kasper, uh, Kasper Schmeichel is 35. You know, he's the leader of the team has been a staple the whole time that they've been in the Premier League. Not to say like he's you know a dominant player, but it's a staple of Leicester City and a leader Good inside that keeper. locker room. Mm-hmm. Johnny Evans has been important for that team ever since he's come over. He's almost thirty four, and then you have a young player in, uh, my God, I can't remember his name, Tielemans. um, young player who's you know how much longer does he have at Leicester City before he makes the next jump? Right, because as we said uh, many times, he can walk into almost any team in the Premier League and start
0: everyone wants him
1: so yeah it kind of feels like you know end of an era might be hard i don't know it might be yeah there's gonna be some turnover and it's not gonna be it feels like the end of a top six like yeah no i think that's That's, what you meant so that's that's the
0: best way the way you put it that like uh there's gonna be some turnover is probably the better way to put it because one thing lesser does is they recruit really well so they might have a down year but i guarantee you yeah what's Pat's Dhaka, DACA or whatever will end up banging in the goals. Iheanacho is still young. So there's still there's still
1: talent there and they spot it well. So as a yeah, club so like, long term,
0: they're in good hands.
1: Right. And they have good ownership and wanting to invest in the team. Et cetera. So it'd be hard for me to say like, oh, they're done. And like, you know, they're going to get relegated. But I could see it like a equivalent to like yeah. a down Everton year where they're like, yeah. you know, 13th and that sort of thing. Totally.
0: Other clubs would kill for their scouting system. Seriously. Oh. They get it right so many times.
1: Newcastle hosted their what was supposed to be Eddie Howe's first game, but unfortunately he got COVID and so he had to man- he had to manage from home. They tied Brentford three to three, and this is a you know pretty crazy game to watch. I mean, I only saw the extended highlights of this game, but this was back and forth, and Newcastle. I mean, getting banging in the goals, but also uh, it doesn't <laughs> it help. to speed three either. So, yeah, I mean, only team still without a win.
0: Yeah, and it feels weird because Newcastle's been so dull for so many years now. And now suddenly they they they've gotta be in like the top six uh goal scoring teams in the in in the league. I mean, I'm I'm just like that's right off quick. the top of my yeah. head, and it might be might be fact checked, but I feel like they've banged in like two plus goals in multiple games this season so far, and it feels feels weird from a Newcastle side, but I've also never seen them concede this many, and that's why they have no wins. So look, Eddie Howe is <laughs> He's got a big job on his hands, but at the same time this Newcastle team there is some talent there. Um, So I guess it's a total work in progress. Brentford though. They're kind of on some bad form. No wins in five. Um, They start they flew out of the blocks uh, right when they started the Premier League. It didn't last very long. I told you the other week. I'm kind of concerned that they might get dragged into the relegation fight and um, I'm not sure how that was received and I think they're in like 14th now. Suddenly, they're down there. and I'm like, please, God, don't let it happen because I'm really enjoying Brentford. But, man, they're starting to concede goals.
1: They're not as down there as, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, they're getting down there and that's what happens when you lose four in a row and then you have a draw and you give up a lead and et cetera. So, yeah, well, I still think Brentford is likely fine. You can't, you can't, I can't continue to say that if they keep, having these types of performances and then newcastle united spot on i mean they've conceded the same amount of goals as norwich this season they have less points than norwich just think about that for a second crazy time. um and newcastle have scored 15 goals which is puts them 12th in the premier league uh oh, okay well above never uh, mind. both arsenal and tottenham and so maybe that's why it's- yeah
0: see for me i was like they've definitely scored more in spirits i know that for a fact
1: <laughs> um I think every club has, besides Norwich. So, yeah,
0: you're right. yes, I think you're right.
1: I mean, there's that. Um, another three-three draw. We had two three-three draws this week. This um, game,
0: there's some crazy scores this match week.
1: Burnley and Crystal Palace. And if you had ever told me before the season <laughs> that Burnley weren't involved in a three-three draw, I would have told you you were drunk.
0: And Crystal Palace. <laughs> Both I mean, of them. that too. Oh my god. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> very different uh, pal side this time around though i mean look man they look they looked good on the ball but in the air this game they looked so vulnerable and burnley just like totally to men. burnley just totally identified that as an issue sean deitch doing his classic rough and tumble you know burnley side style so uh look this is a fun game though but real quick maxwell corne uh, this guy only sc- this guy only scores bangers he scored he's played in like seven games for burnley and i swear he's scored a banger in almost all of them <laughs> signed as a left back playing striker i've never seen anything like this honestly we'd
1: love corne i think he's one of the faves on the podcast already. is there
0: any is there any time is there any chance he's gonna be at burnley for more than just a season
1: <laughs> man the over under has to be one and a half seasons right
0: yeah Uh Yeah,
1: I mean, he's so much better than this club.
0: Burnley has never made a signing like this where it's just like, you know what? Quality. They never signed that quality player. So
1: record, if I'm not mistaken,
0: kudos to them. Only 12 million pounds or something like that. That's peanuts.
1: That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Right.
0: So good for Burnley. Good for Cornet. You know, I'm really enjoying him.
1: You know, Palace, I'm not, I mean, yes, they were bodied in the air, but I mean, they had 61% possession, they had 18 shots this game. I mean, I just love mm-hmm. the offensive mindset, the mindset that they have under Patrick Vieira. And I, you know, I think they're just going to be a nice mid-table club this season and fun to watch. Yep.
0: That second goal, by the way, Connor Gallagher bringing it down, cutting it back, squaring to Ben Teke, That was a beautiful play ben by Gallagher. Deke's on some form. Yeah, suddenly, way. honestly, he's looked great. Let's see, I yeah. think he's got to have five goals or so. Not bad.
1: Man, it's a rebirth of Christian Benteke. Uh, Aston Villa, Benteke's former club, uh, beat Brighton 2-0 in Stevie G's, Stompy G's, Slippy G's first game in charge of the Aston Villa. And Ollie Watkins continues to be a player. I mean, we talked about him when he was coming in the Premier League from Brentford and, you know, he was injured to start the season, but now getting in form. And he's so fun to watch.
0: He is. He is. He's got a lot of pace about him. I think he can play a striker and outside as well. You know, he's got a lot of energy. He just, you know, he's going to go around, throw some bows, but also show some quality as well. You know, he times his runs well. So, Aston Villa were not good in this game, honestly. I think you could tell the crowd was like moaning and huffing and puffing and nervous. But, you know, after that Watkins goal, you know, you could just tell it just erupted. So, um, good for Villa. First win right off the bat for Gerard brighton though i don't know what more you can say other than copy and paste literally every time they
1: were were boring honestly like they had a lot of the ball they had no shots no attacking threat
0: i mean decide to play trossard instead of ma at striker for some reason i don't know i mean you can't
1: win unless you score goals
0: yeah copy and paste every time
1: um Next 3 I'm going to breeze over so we can get to your Antonio Conte game. Uh <laughs> Wolves beat West Ham 1-0. I mean Raul Jimenez, nice game and goal, poden, our boy.
0: He's back, He's, baby. back baby. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh West Ham a little letdown after their win over Liverpool, but you know that can happen. I mean, they're in the discussion for the fourth best club probably with Manchester United and Yeah. Um Aston Villa was once there. They're not. Leicester City <laughs> should be there. Arsenal str- should be there. Okay, there we go. Um. So uh-huh. I mean, they're, who they're, else? huh those, <laughs> Oh yeah, Tottenham. Oh yeah, uh, right. <laughs> One of those five clubs should finish fourth, right? I mean, I'd be surprised if any one of those five, or uh, you could throw Everton in there, but they're not, and neither is Aston Villa. So one of those four clubs—Tottenham United, West Ham, and Leicester—will finish fourth.
0: Yeah, yeah, spot on.
1: So. We'll see what happens. Um, Wolves, great win, and they've looked better in the last two months. Um, Norwich got their second win in a row, their second win on the season, and first win with new manager. I don't know. Have we covered this? Uh, Dean Smith. I think we did in last week's pod. But Dean Smith appointed his new Norwich manager. It was going back and forth between Frank Lampard and Dean Smith, according to all media outlets. And Frank Lampard apparently said, no thanks, don't want that job. And who knows if he was the favorite, but he bowed out of the run, right? And Dean Smith, which I honestly think is a better appointment. Anyway, me too. Um, got his first win against Southampton, and so we'll see what he can do with Norwich. They're now in nineteenth, so they're out of the basement. Hey, well, two wins no in basement. a row. They're one uh, rung up the ladder, but what can Nor- he do with No, I mean, just it's just a team devoid with talent. So it, it
0: really is. I-, I do think this is the best possible hire they could have made, though. I mean, he came from Brentford before Villa, and yeah. Kind of a similar project, somewhat like Moneyball. They're not going to spend money. They're going to sell their best players. Yo yo up and down. I mean, Dean Smith is a good manager for that, honestly. So I love the appointment. Will they stay up though? <laughs> I don't know. Look, they beat a Brentford team that's down, and then now they played Southampton, which is one of the best teams to play if you want a W. So. But good for them, right?
1: I guess. Man City gets dubs against everyone though. And they just steamrolled Everton once again. I mean, there's not much analysis that I can provide here. Everton had nothing going for them, and Zhao Cancelo continues to just <sighs> set this league on fire and make it look so easy. Every week, I feel like every week, we're talking about Zhao Cancelo on the podcast.
0: Yeah, a, a, a right-footed left back who's really a natural right back. It's, it's kind of bizarre, but that associate yeah, for for sterling's first goal was unreal and you know rodry also had a banger this was again you know they totally dominated everton but this was a game this was a game. game of moments honestly where city's quality just bled through on certain moments so yeah not much real analysis you can provide other than maybe imagine them with a striker i mean seriously i
1: bet nobody listening to this could name who city started as their striker this weekend
0: oh yeah it was that academy kid right? yeah we'll 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 keep a secret and we'll see if anyone can find out
1: yeah lastly to put a bow on the premier league uh match week 12 spurs played leeds united and <laughs> for a half there kyle i was worried i was worried for your team they did not look yeah. good yeah it was turned six, it around though
0: six halves in a row of no shots on target three full games technically but Changed the second half, luckily. And
1: they turned it around. They, you know, they hit the post a couple of times. I think luckily you think unluckily, but regardless, they looked like the way better team in the second half as the second half continued to roll on, created way more chances. Leeds maybe ran out of gas, but Tottenham were clearly working hard that entire game, and especially in the second half. And you saw them grab the W, and Antonio Conte was into it, man. He was pumping his fists. He's uh, hugging the players. Uh, enthusiastically after the game. So Antonio Conte, Premier League first win. Thoughts?
0: That guy is a raving lunatic on the sideline, and I am here for it. I love it. Um, look, I don't know. They're, the the stat that sticks out to me, um, they outran Leeds, Spurs did, which is something you don't hear often about anyone now running Leeds, but especially a Spurs side that was sitting dead last in terms of yards covered under Nuno and definitely we're down there as well under Mourinho as well. So I haven't seen this team play with effort or energy for a very long time, like two years at least, but um, I'm not sure why you're building this up. I mean, yeah, Conte had his first win. That's great. But Spurs were not great in this game and it wasn't, it wasn't like anyone had a great performance really, the effort, the, the W is basically earned through effort and grafting and hard running, which is very different, so I'll take it. So one angle is, yeah, they weren't great, but grab the W. That's great. The other angle you could look at it from is uh, this was a lead side who've been really poor all season and didn't have Bamford, Rafinha, and Rodrigo, but it was still a close match. So it's pretty damning, but look, it, this is a work in progress. I don't think we'll see the real Conte Spurs side for... I don't know another two or three months so I'm not too fussed about the performance and I'm happy with the win so um leads though you know I saw a little bit more with them even though they missed all their attacking quality so maybe they can turn it around in the near future but this game was just hard to judge both of these teams by you know
1: well we're getting into the festive period. Now we're going to get games fast and furious, um, you know, into December we go. And then obviously we have the holidays, congestion, etc. cetera. We have games this weekend and then we have games midweek next week. So we have to think on when the pod is coming out. So it might be Monday, it might be Tuesday, just so, but stay tuned. Little, little table check for you. Chelsea city, Liverpool, West Ham, make up the top four. Um, and then the bottom, Burnley-Norwich moving up to 19th, and Newcastle make up the bottom. So we'll see who moves up, who moves down, but Arsenal or Arsenal, in fifth still. Wolves in sixth, Kyle. Hey, Wolves moved mm-hmm. up to sixth. And Tottenham in that Europe Conference League spot. <laughs> seventh, the spot they're super comfortable with.
0: Yeah, baby. Love it. Give me more Conference League injected into my veins, baby.
1: Oh, you have a game on Thursday, right? Who do you play?
0: Oh, yeah, a little Thanksgiving Day match against uh, whoever from, you know, Slovenian farmers or something. <laughs> I think <laughs> FC Mura. Mura? I don't know.
1: <laughs> Mura. Bizarre. Wow. What the,
0: the, the lowest rated team in the Europa Conference League. So, should be fun. I will, for some reason, be watching.
1: Do You think Delhi Alley will get a start?
0: Yeah, Probably I be. do. I do. Uh huh. I wonder how long it'll take Conte to realize Winks and Deli are just not it.
1: <laughs> I was telling you pre-show. I saw an article somewhere that Winks is, uh, you know, he loves his new role under Conte and is thriving. Oh yeah, quote mm-hmm. unquote thriving.
0: Forty-five minutes of not dreadful performance equals thriving. So, whatever, man. I trust Conte.
1: Spurs Conte, isn't such bad. We trust.
0: Spurs are in such a bad position He could do literally whatever and I'll be like, okay, yeah, (laughs) I can't argue.
1: Well, that's it for us. Uh, Follow us on all of our non-existent socials. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And until next week, we will see you later.